Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space here on West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley, and uh, delighted to be here with you this morning, and thank you for joining us. I'm joined in the studio today by my regular two friends, colleagues, helpers, whatever you want to call yourselves this morning. Lorraine Buckley, good morning. Good morning, John. Uh, thank you for joining us. And Shane, where would we be without the famous Shane Ambrose? Good morning, Shane. Good morning, John. Good morning, listeners. And thank you very much, Dean, for joining us. And we do have a special guest who's joining us today uh, from Limerick, who we'll be speaking to in a bit more depth later on. But in the meantime, good morning, Sister Dimpna Clancy. Good morning, John. And thank you for joining us too. A very special welcome to those who are listening at home on the radio, who for one reason or another are ill, uh, maybe housebound, maybe can't get out of bed, can't get out of the house today. You're very welcome and thank you for joining us here on West Limit 102 to Sacred Space. For those of you who are travelling by car, thank you again for joining us. Um, and those of you who might or might not be listening to us on the internet, I tried it last week, guys. I didn't get it in Arda. Well, it was worked in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit wanted to, okay. To those of you who are listening to us in Rome, <laughs> welcome. Good morning. For those of you who are listening to, in West Limerick, you better turn on the radio. At the start of each program, uh, we, we, we usually light um, a small little candle here, and that's to remind us that indeed, just before the program started, we here within the studio have, in fact, in fact, invoked the Holy Spirit to help us through this program to be able to listen to whatever the Holy Spirit wants us to say, whether that be through some music uh, or uh, what, what particular topic we're going to speak about today. Whichever it is, we hope that you will take um, this hour of, of a special hour for yourselves to maybe touch base with something sacred within your own heart and your own experiences and also whatever subject we're going to speak about today. As usual, the presentation of the program will include some inspirational music. Um, Saints Days, Shane, we won't speak about Saints Days maybe next week because this week we think it's going to be a pretty busy program. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who uh, usually would like to listen to uh, the Catholic media, uh, that would be um, maybe the Irish Catholic or maybe find out about what's going on in EWTN. We'll see if we can get that later on in the program. Thank you for the comments about the program, uh, which we've had so far. The blog, I believe there's been one or two comments um, so far. Shane? Yeah, we've, we've been looking for suggestions from a couple of people. As we mentioned, I think it was on last week's program or the mm -hmm. week before, we're looking for uh, suggestions for a patron saint for the blog. So we've had one suggestion so far actually on the blog, St. John of God. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And as well as that, we're trying to get a discussion going about feast days Ooh. in terms of, you know, your name. Who is your patron feast? Like, my own name is Shane. That's a version of John. So I want to know, well, when is the feast of St. John? And St. John the Evangelist is the 27th of December. So that's, right. you know, that's the feast day. Or, you know, what is the feast day that you were baptized on? Ooh. Now, how many of you out there would know the date of your actual baptism? Think about it. I'm doing well to remember my birthday now. Yeah, yeah. well now, hang on. You can Albert the Great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, you can always look it up. Or again, what is the saint on your actual birthday? So that's one of the questions we've opened the blog at the moment if people want to pose a couple of answers. Excellent. And speaking about the blog, um, to date, I believe there's people have visited the site from 23 countries, the latest of which was uh, Japan uh, just a few days ago. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we've gone very international in this program. Very, it's unbelievable. And I have no idea where they're coming from, but it's great. <laughs> that's, that's the Holy Spirit. That's got nothing to do with us at all. 
Um, again, uh, if, if, if people do have any comments at all, please contact the station during the week on 069 or maybe drop a line to West Limit 102 Radio Sheens Road, Newcastle West. And we can also be contacted by email and sacredspace102 at gmail.com. And thanks for those who have indeed uh, contributed with comments um, so far. Usually at this stage of the program, before we uh, start into some discussions, we'd like to leave some, um, some time for prayer space because we know that from time to time there are people who need a prayer, who maybe have asked us for prayer, who need to take that little bit of time to reflect um, just for a few moments, maybe with a piece, maybe with a piece of music. Um, we know that there are some people who currently are experiencing problems uh, being out of work or people who are lonely, uh, people who may be bereaved at this particular time. For whatever reason it is, we said we, we, we would allow this, these few minutes here uh, at the beginning of the programme to maybe just take some quiet space before we start. So this morning we've decided to pick one from John Michael Talbot. Uh, it's entitled uh, Come to the Quiet. It's an instrumental uh, from his album Pathways. So we'll, we'll see that. Thank you. 
Okay, welcome back now. Okay, welcome back now to the the next part of the program. Um, and that was a nice piece of music there by John Michael Talbot, uh, Come to the Quiet, um, from his album Pathways. So we have Dimpna here with us now this morning, Dimpna uh, Clancy from uh, Limerick. Um, and I know there's a load of things we want to speak to you about, Dimpna, but maybe first of all, maybe you could fill us in on your background, please. Okay, I come from County Clare, the Banner County. Mm-hmm. I went to school to the Salesian Sisters in Cahar Khan, near Kildaisert, mm. and from there, following my leaving cert, I decided I would enter the Salesian Order. Mm. All right, okay. So a proud Banner woman. We'll try not to hold that against you. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. It's terrible. So, so the first connection, I suppose what we should say to our listeners this morning is that you're, you are a member of the congregation. Your official title is the Daughters of Mary, Help of Christians. But more commonly, you'd be known as the Salesian Sisters. That's correct. Okay. And I suppose the Salesian Sisters, that you're kind of the, I hate saying this term, but you're kind of the, free, the female branch of the Salesians, kind of. Is that the easiest way to say it? Yes, I suppose we had the same founders to San Pasco, exactly. And I suppose, I suppose, for many of our listeners here in West Limerick, the the Salesians in particular, the the priests and the brothers, that side of the family, if you want to put it that way, they would be associated with the secondary school and the the agriculture in agriculture college in Palace Kinry, at Copswood in Palace Kinry. But in terms of the Salesian sisters yourselves, where are you, or what do you do? Uh, we're based in Dublin and in Limerick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a number of houses around Limerick, Clanisle, Cahar Davin, the Holy Rosary Parish, and I live in Westbury, Corbally. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what type of ministries are you involved in? We're involved in various ministries, um, education in the broadest sense of the word, mm-hmm. coming from the Latin educare, which is to draw out the good in people and... Um, it's, our charism is really for young people. We're also involved in social work, pastoral ministry, um, outreach programs, youth reach programs. Okay. Just to, just to bring it back a small bit now, Sister, yourself, um, what, what gave you the idea about ever thinking about becoming a sister? Well, as I said, I went to school to the Salesian Sisters in Cahar Khan. And I suppose what impressed me most was the way the sisters treated us and related with us um, in a very gentle and respectful way. Um, They came out at lunchtime and they got us playing basketball, camogie, netball and that. And not only did they have us playing it, but they joined in with us. And that made a huge difference to us as young, as teenagers. And we felt that we were all one when we were on the playing field or on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. And um, I suppose it was in the playground that we felt also we really got to know the sisters and Yeah. We also noted how they related with each other as well, and that would have made a huge impression on us too. We were all, it seemed as if we were all part of the same family. And so when you first got the idea about joining the sisters, did you mention it to, I mean, how how did you sort of go about it? Did you mention it to a nun or did you mention it to your parents? Or? I mentioned it to my mum and... Um, yeah, I think she was a bit taken aback, but she didn't discourage me. No, okay. She, she gave me the freedom, it was my choice, and she told me to go ahead and to try it out and see how it'd get on, and there would always be an open door for me that if I ever changed my mm. mind. And your pals, when you mention it to, you know, to your friends, listen, I'm thinking about doing something that maybe you're not thinking about doing, what was the sort of reaction you got from your... 
I think Shame. some weren't surprised okay. and some were. Okay. Mm. Um, I suppose I told some of my closer friends mm. yes. at the beginning yes. and word spread then. But on the whole, I must say I got support. Mm-hmm. If you had to describe what vocation feels like, if there was a young one out in the, there this morning or a young woman, you know, thinking, am I being called? Am I not being called? What would you say to her? I would ask, uh, say to her to talk to somebody about it, either a priest or a sister, uh, maybe to look up the website about mm-hmm. a particular mm. order she may be interested in, to certainly talk to somebody about it and to get a little bit of guidance. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. And so, okay, you have now decided you want to become a sister. How do you go about it? So you, 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 you obviously approach, in this case it was the, the, the solutions, how do you start off? I mean, what's the first step? Yeah, I approached the, I wrote to the vocations directress. Okay, yeah. The house at the time was in Brosna in Offaly. Okay. And I communicated with her. And this, which went off from there, I entered then in September after my leaving cert. And I was a postulant for one year, novice for two years. During the postulancy, it was a, a basic introduction as what it might be about and yes. that and exploring various forms of prayer and okay. that. The novitiate then was a more intense training. Mm. We were actually living the life, I suppose, of the sisters without having made the commitment. And again, a lot of prayer and um, practical work as well because our charism was for youth we did a lot of work with young people too okay and your first year away sister was it strange you know being away from home and it was you know within this <laughs> rules and regulations i suppose yes silence it, i suppose maybe we had silence mm-hmm. um mainly in the evening time i suppose yeah. We, had, we had plenty to do during the day and we didn't have time for <laughs> chatting yes, anyhow, yes, yes. but we did have our recreation times and that too and we had great fun and we had lots of games and there were a lot of young people there. And now, you're, you're a teacher by profession, aren't you? I am, yes. Okay, so how, how, where did the, the kind of being sent off to be you know, taught to be a teacher, where did that come into the whole system of you know, taking vows and training and learning about religious life and the rules of the congregation and all that kind of thing? How did that work into the system? Well, after my profession, <coughs> I was sent back to Cahar Khan for a year. That's where the newly professed always went, for a year. And then I was asked to, would I be interested in going to Mary Immaculate College to train for a teacher? So... I said yes. Okay. So I spent three years in Mary Immaculate College. And following that then, I was sent to Cardavon. And I taught there for a number of years. Okay. Now, when, as, as, as uh, a young religious, when you were kind of, you were attending university at Mary Immaculate, um, was it kind of strange or kind of, how did you get on kind of with the general student body, if you know what I'm trying to say? Oh, I enjoyed it. Mm. I enjoyed my time in Mary Immaculate College. Mm. I made lots of friends there mm-hmm. with the students, and yeah, we were all mm. around. But yeah, group. yeah. But what I mean in terms of kind of you know the life together, because I suppose our images of sisters, and now you, you can correct us. That's not the whole <laughs> idea have you on this morning. Of course, I suppose this, uh, your idea. I suppose the the idea people would have in their heads of religious life is uh, a certain time for prayer, going to mass, and then doing something else. So how did that kind of work in, say, with a student timetable? You know, how did you manage to say, you know, you, as a professed, you would have been. Is there a requirement that you, your your congregation says the divine? office every day, that kind of 
of thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And while I was in Mary Immaculate College, we did... We got up early. We had Mass in the Redemptress. Oh, yeah. right. uh, eight o'clock Mass in the morning. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And um, we would have our prayer and meditation time before that. Okay. We came back from Mass, had mm-hmm. our breakfast. And, and then off to college. To college. Then. Okay. So. And so you finished teacher uh, training in Mary I. And then what then? What, what was next? I was sent to Cahardavon okay. Primary School. And I taught there for 19 years. Wow. And then, and then I was asked to go to Dublin to Finglas. We had opened a house there about three years prior to this. And I was asked to go to Finglas and to work as a, in a pastoral capacity in Finglas. That must have been a huge change to go from teaching little ones mm-hmm. to um, suddenly you're, you're involved in pastoral work. How did you cope? Or? I found it very strange. You're mm. right. I found that I was in a community of three, two others with myself in a three-bedroomed house in Finglas, mm-hmm. and getting used to the Dublin accent. Not being timetabled. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. so used to being timetabled all mm. day. But you settle in and I think when you believe in what you're doing. Exactly. It makes it easy. And what type of pastoral work were you doing? I worked with the cell groups in Finglas. There were scripture sharing groups that had started off in the di- in the diocese there. I trained Eucharistic ministers, readers. We had a children's club. We had a teenagers group. Did visitation. So quite a variety. Mm. There mm. And we met weekly and we planned our weeks. Mm. You, you mentioned there about living living in community, because I suppose that's a question that often people might ask. You know. Uh, is it lonely? You know, sometimes kind of as a religious. Uh, but then again, I suppose the question I put back to people is like, well, you're living in a community life. What's it like living in community? Are you in community all the time? Yeah, currently I'm living with two others as okay. well mm-hmm. in Westbury. Um, I'm there now five <coughs> years. I don't find it lonely. Mm. I, I being, certainly don't find it lonely. Mm. But I, I think I think that's that's one of the challenges, I suppose, for people that would be thinking about entering religious mm. life is the impression that maybe it might be lonely. I suppose that's the concern that they would have. Because I suppose, Lorraine, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago in terms of the the religious life that is booming is those that are entering kind of the communities of, you know, the, the strong, sustainable communities. So I suppose it's, it's a big thing that people are kind of looking for. So I was, I, was just, I was just wondering, you know, is it an important part of your life as a religious group or is there sisters that live on their own? Uh, we have one or two sisters who live on their own, mm-hmm. but the rest of us all live You've in, in community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And going back to loneliness, I don't even think about being mm. lonely. Mm. I think you, mm. it's an attitude that yeah, you I think develop. So. And mm-hmm. so. okay. How long did you stay in Dublin, sister, then? Three years. Okay. I thought I'd be there for longer, but uh-huh. I was asked then to come back to Cardavon in the capacity as principal of the school in Cardavon. Okay. So, that was, was the, is the school in Cardavon? Is it a, a congregation school? It is a sleeping okay. school. Okay. Yes. <coughs> the girls' school. It's the girls' school in Cardavon. Okay. Yes. So that was back into primary. So I was back into where I had began. Okay. And then and you you sort of continued there then for a few years. I worked. Then? I was principal there for nine years. A role that I found busy and mm-hmm. very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And I felt after nine years I had given it what I had to give. So I took a career break. Okay. 
and we might find out about that career back maybe in part two. In the meantime, we might go for a break at this stage. Um, we'll take a piece of music just on the way out of the break. It's by Carla Horan from her album um, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow, and it's entitled You Raise Me Up. Maybe this is apt. Okay. Thank you. 
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back, listeners, to A Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. This morning, we have Sister Demna Clancy, who is in studio and who's talking to us about life as a Salesian sister. Demna, before the break, we were you were just telling us that you had served for a number of years as the principal in Cahardavon. You had gone on a career break. So during the career break, what did you get up to? During the career break, I did a pastoral ministry course mm-hmm. and I also did a prayer guidance course. Okay, so you you were being kept busy. Yes, and I was also sent to live in Westbury. Okay, ah. very good. <laughs> County Clare. Where I am. That's where you are still. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Sister, can you tell us maybe a little bit more about the Salesian Sisters, about your founder or how it all began? Yes, the Salesians were founded by St. John Bosco and St. Maria Mazzarello. Um, who was our foundress. She lived in a little village north of Turin called Marnese and she worked hard on her own family farm. But Mm -hmm. then typhoid broke out in the area and she was asked to help care for a lot of her sick relatives. And as a result, she got typhoid too. So her energies declined. Right. And she decided then that she would gather the young people from particularly the girls in the village of Marnese and teach them how to sew and make little things and cook and little crafts like that. And at the same time, St. John Bosco was a priest in Turin and a lot of the young people had come to live in Turin as a result of the Industrial Revolution. They had come to find work in Turin and they hadn't got work. Mm-hmm. A lot of them lived roughly in the streets and that. So John Bosco went out and he gathered them together and he was teaching them various crafts as well and skills that they could use later on in life. And eventually the two of them met and recognised they had a very common purpose in their lives and they decided to found the congregation, the Salesians. Excellent. And it all started from there. Yes. Where are you based now around the world? We would be in almost every country in the world. Okay. An international congregation, about 15,000 sisters. Gosh, that's Salesians. incredible. A few more. <laughs> Absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. And the Salesians, I think. So, yeah. That, that, of course, brings us, I suppose, to one of the themes of uh, Sacred Space uh, on the month of October has been our focus on the missions. And, of course, as we have been reminding our listeners throughout the month of October, October is the month of the Rosary and the month of the missions. And, Sister Dipna, this morning we want to talk to you about V-Days. Now, can you tell us what on earth is V-Days? <laughs> okay. I am responsible for an organization called V-Days, meaning Voluntary International Development, Education and Service. VDES is part of an international organisation run by the Salesian Sisters. It promotes voluntary service, the focus being on the protection of human rights, especially of young people and women in third world countries. Uh, It provides an opportunity for volunteers 20 years upwards to experience life in a third world country and working in a Salesian environment. It began in 1987 in Belgium and in 1991 it became an NGO, a non-government organisation. And our head office is in Rome. I'm just the Irish Irish representative. Okay. And in terms of your, like the, you were saying it's 20 and up, so kind of is there an upper limit for, for, for volunteers? Well, not really. Just this past summer we had a retired teacher mm-hmm. 
gave three months working in the city of Hope in Lusaka. Okay. Zambia. Zambia, uh-huh. Came back and hopes to go abroad again for a year. Okay. Are you good. listening in there, John? No, <laughs> <laughs> You're looking for a radio producer. When did V-Days um, really start in Ireland? I know 1987 is when it started. When did it when was that in Ireland? It started around the year 2000. Okay. And that was with yourself, was it? Or was it no, something? it wasn't. There were other sisters involved at that stage. I'm involved for the past three years. Okay. And in terms of kind of the profile of people that... First of all, I suppose, you mentioned the, the City of Hope in, in, kind of in Lusaka in Zambia. Is that, is that the main project that the kind of Irish volunteers work on? Or what? where, where did they go or what did they do? Well... The city, we send them really to countries where they know the language. Okay, so English-speaking countries. And we're also aware that a lot of other countries where Salesian Sisters work have Vidas volunteers too, and some have an allegiance to different countries. Right, okay. okay. So a lot of our volunteers will go to Zambia and South Africa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, some have gone to India. Mm-hmm. After Christmas, we have one who is going to Mexico because he knows Spanish. Oh, very good. Good. He wants to work with our sisters in Mexico, in, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. for a month. I, I was just going to say, how long, how long is the placement generally? They have to do at least a month. Okay. A minimum of four, months, four weeks. A minimum of okay. four weeks. And in terms of kind of, I suppose, the logistics for people that might be interested in terms of like, well, what do they have to do? What kind of support is given to them? All that. How, how does that work? Yeah, we do a preparation program with the volunteers and the preparation includes a lot of personal work, mm-hmm. personal development, because we believe the more aware one is of themselves, the better they will be able to cope with mm-hmm. the challenges that mm-hmm. may present. Certainly makes sense. Okay. when they mm-hmm. appear in Period a third world okay. country. Uh, we also do uh, a bit about our own solution way of working with people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because a lot of them, our volunteers, may not even have heard of the solutions until mm-hmm. they've heard of V-Days. Mm-hmm. So we do a little bit on that and how we work with young people and relate with young people. And we do a bit on the mission that they will be going to as well. Okay. So what type of work does one do out there? Any gift is welcome. Excellent. Any gift. Um, a lot of our volunteers, well not a lot, some of our volunteers have been teachers mm-hmm. and during the summer when they have their holiday they would give one month to doing that. They would get involved there, not necessarily teaching directly in the classroom, but it might be after school. Okay. They would work with the children. Mm-hmm. They would also run leadership programs, personal development programs, you name it, sports, activities, mm-hmm. fun days, take them on outings. In the City of Hope, they have an orphanage. A lot of the children would be taken off the streets. They might be left at the gates of the sisters' compound mm-hmm. and belong to nobody or mm-hmm. they don't know, and they take them in. Mm-hmm. And one of the nice things they do is they get them to save money. Yes. Oh. And okay. So that when they leave the sisters' mm-hmm. place, they would have some little fund in the bank someplace for them to get them to resettle them and readjust them back into living a normal life again. Mm-hmm. Is it important, um, sister, you know, that, 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 that people have to have some, some sort of a profession like, do they have to become a nurse, I know, do they have to be a nurse or do they have to be a, a, a doctor or a teacher or can anybody? Anyone who's very good physical and mental and emotional health. health. Okay. 
So if they need somebody Anyone like to do a bit of cooking or, 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 or housework or, or, or gardening or whatever. Yes, anything at all. We've had um, students, as I said. We have had teachers, engineers, housewives, painters, artists, retired teachers. Any gift is appreciated and welcomed because the people there are so, their needs are so basic mm-hmm. that any gift is welcome and there's always plenty to do. This past summer, we had a lady who was a very good cook and she was teaching the adults how to cook as well as the young people and helping them to go out and to be able to supply a shop and how to sell their mm-hmm. wares, you know, and to make a little bit of profit. And she found that difficult to do with them because they didn't want to be charging more than they, you no. know, they could be working at a loss. Yeah. So, um, we could do actually with some of those type of entrepreneurs in this country at the moment, <laughs> I think. It, it sounds um, very f- fulfilling, actually, kind of as a role mm. to do in terms of kind of, you know, when, when the volunteers come home, come back, do they get involved? Do they stay involved with the solutions or what way does that work? What we ask for is a two-year commitment to V-Days. Mm-hmm. So when a lot of them would be students, so naturally life will move on for them. Mm-hmm. them. But they would always keep the contact. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we would always have a, a debriefing session and a feedback, and they're always very inspirational, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. They come back changed people that because they have seen poverty. Mm-hmm. And I know, Shane, you have been abroad yeah. as well and mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But they have seen real poverty mm-hmm. and they would say our poorest are millionaires yes. in comparison mm-hmm. with what yeah. they have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, those who have gone to Johannesburg have worked with the children who live in the cardboard boxes and the, mm-hmm. the, the shanty towns, you know. And, all that. and wherever they work, they generally, do they live with the Salesian sisters or is it with the fathers or what way does that work? No, they... They only go to where the Salesian sisters, sisters have are. a set up for the volunteers. That okay. so they would have accommodation okay. for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, basic accommodation, but yeah. adequate. Adequate. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. It's amazing, you know, what, what, how much <laughs> basic actually, you, you, once it's a mattress, I think, you know, you realise how good it yeah. actually is sometimes, yeah. you know. Yes. And is there a local commitment to, like, for instance, would there be people who are part of V-Days who might not necessarily go abroad? Yes, that option is there too. And we've had some who have come to our meetings with the intention of going abroad, but mm-hmm. things wouldn't have worked out for them. But they would benefit from the meetings and they would have a lot to share from their own personal experience too. We don't put any pressure on them to go abroad. Mm-hmm. They are volunteers, so mm-hmm. we have to respect that. And, uh, you know, I, I can see the opportunity sometimes maybe for these people, if they're willing enough and co- courageous enough, to go out maybe and to let people know within pastoral councils or or churches or schools, just to let the, the general population be aware of what's out there. Well, we have done that actually in the parish where I am, St Nicholas's in Westbury okay. at the moment. Um, any of our Limerick volunteers, we've always given them the send-off from the church oh, lovely. at a mass in the church, one of the Sunday masses. Um, a lot of them would have done fundraising locally too because we encourage them to do a little bit of fundraising to have something to give to mm. the children when they go out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they come back, they speak at at the homily time as well or after communion only two weeks ago the lady who I was telling you about Mary who is a cook yes she spoke at mass and filled the people in on her experiences there as well and I think it does connect or create a link 
between the home parish and the project. Mm-hmm. Members mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Project uh, projects. Well. Okay. Yes. And if people wanted to find out a bit more about B days, or maybe were interested themselves, and if if they wish to maybe become involved, how, how would they go about that? Just uh, we have the Salesian Sisters website, salesiansisters.org, um, stroke VDES. Okay. They can go into that. They can contact me, um, 061-348-510. Okay. Um, I can leave a few brochures mm-hmm. if anybody wants to contact you through the radio station here. And I will meet with the volunteer in advance and we'll just have a chat and see what their strengths are and their interests, areas of interests. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there an email they can contact you at, Sister? Yes. Dimclan at aircom.net. That's D-Y-M-C-L-A-N at aircom.net. Okay. And uh, our... Um Expert on the blog here might be able to put yeah, that information. Yeah, uh, that information we'll put it up online as well, so that people. So we'll put up the the, the link to the, the website, the Thank contact you. number, and the the information. Uh, in terms of kind of, do you have a set program or set departure dates? What's kind of the current status of things at the moment? No, the departure dates depend on the volunteers the when they are free. As I said, if they're students or teachers. It will have to be during summer the months. summer. Mm-hmm. Um, another man, as I said, is going to Mexico at the end of December. Mm-hmm. So it's when they're free and they have the time. So it depends very much on the volunteers. Okay. And okay. Would, you have, would you have many volunteers? We would have four or five every summer. Excellent. Yes. It's it's one great yeah. thing I can I can say about Irish people mm-hmm. that they're great to give of their time. Absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, and of course it's it's a great tradition we have because of course you know as as we as we spoke about on, on Mission Sunday, there's a great tradition in Ireland of missionary outreach. Mm-hmm. But of course, before the tradition in Ireland was always about it in terms of religious or clerical context. Mm-hmm. But of course, now more and more the understanding of mission is all of us as baptized Christians mm-hmm. going out and outreach, and it's not even. And it's even moving away, of course, from the tradition of, you know, simply pure faith formation. It's you are a witness to the place that you go by your actions and what you mm-hmm. do. Of course, there's that great expression, Rain, that, you know, you know you're Christian by your love. I think it was from Augustine or someone like this. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, 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 that's, of course, the whole changing of the understanding of the meaning of mission as well. And, of course, Sister, does it feed into kind of to the overall... Um, understanding of the of your congregation as well of course absolutely mm-hmm. we are a missionary congregation, congregation. okay okay i think it's about time we took another break because i got into trouble a few weeks ago when i <laughs> taking two breaks well, we're going to take two breaks um Dimfna, have you got a piece of music there you'd like us to hear i have okay it's um it's a piece by marty martin hogan mm-hmm. and being the time of the year when we're reminded of the missions and the world we must serve in as a church is the world of the poor and uh, this song, for me anyhow, reminds us of our responsibility towards others. And it makes me reflect on my duty to reach out. It's called Who Will Speak If You Don't? It was composed by Marty Hogan while thinking of the words of Oscar Romero, who was Archbishop of El Salvador. Oh, and he said, persecution of the church is the result of defending the poor. 
And this was his experience. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. My life, he says, has been threatened many times. I have to confess that as a Christian, I do not believe in death without resurrection. If they kill me, I will rise again in the Salvadorian people. So it is a song that means a lot to me as well. Thank you. So, again, the name of the song is Who Will Speak? And it's by? It's by Marty Hogan. Okay, thank you. The world that the church must serve is the world of the poor. Persecution of the church is the result of defending the poor. My life has been threatened many times. I have to confess that As a Christian, I do not believe in death without resurrection. If they kill me, I will rise again in the Salvadorian people. Who will speak for the poor and the broken? Who will speak for the people's oppressed? Who will speak so their voice will be heard?
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. And welcome back to the third and final part of Sacred Space here in West Limerick 102. And thank you for joining us this morning. I hope you're enjoying this wonderful conversation that we're having with Dr. Clancy from Limerick, who's telling us all about VDs and Salesians. Just going back to VDs there for a second, sister. Um, you must have meetings quite often, I suppose, in around the Limerick area in regard to VDs and maybe at the start of a year. Maybe just for this in on your next meeting maybe or how meetings are organised Yes, we meet four times a year and our meetings are usually in Castletown in Leash because it's a halfway mm-hmm. okay, between Dublin okay. and Limerick Our next meeting will be on Saturday the 4th of December in Castletown We begin at 11 o'clock and we finish at 3 And at that particular meeting now what would that involve now? Would that involve maybe perspective um, new members maybe or existing members? Yes we have a number of new members this year but we always welcome more and as I said if anybody is interested they can get in contact with me, I can meet them beforehand for a chat and we can take it from there. We as I said earlier we will do a little bit on personal development an input on how we work as solutions and deal with people. We'll have a time for prayer and input on the mission areas that they may be going to. So there's no obligation if somebody turned up to a meeting and realised kind of after the meeting that it wasn't for them. That's okay too, isn't it? That's okay. That's okay. They are volunteers and we respect that. Lovely. So they make the decision. Is there a cost involved in, in being a V-Day's volunteer? The only cost if they are volunteering abroad is they pay their own flight. Mm-hmm. The accommodation is provided and they will get a meal or two a day and a lot of them will try and cook their own meals as well. And they, they will meet up with volunteers from other countries as well. And I know when they come back, they tell us about they would have maybe one night a week when the Irish would host. And sure. Meet, and maybe the, por- the Polish another night mm-hmm. and so on. So they make great friends that way too. It sounds like a fantastic experience. It is, it is, and it's it's heartening when they come back to hear their stories that have you in tears mm. and that have you in stitches laughing at the same I'd time with some of the little stories that they would have and the anecdotes that would happen. I, I was just thinking there, sister, have you ever had vocations to the sisters from these people who have gone out volunteering? Because to me it seems to be bright ground for, for, for people to become aware of what you do on the ground. Yeah, it would be lovely if we had, but we are not a vocation group. I accept group that. No, I accept that. We haven't had to date. Okay. No. Mm. Okay. And and so, therefore, all this information, Shane, uh, you'll be able to put up on the blog? Yeah, that's no problem. We put the link up to the website, which is www.solutionsisters.org forward slash vdays. Sorry, ie. Okay. Net. That <laughs> net, no problem. That's okay. That's we'll okay. put the we link up, that. folks. You don't have to worry about us. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's no problem. That's not. That's okay. That's no problem. Well, look, I, I, I tell you, I, I've certainly enjoyed the program uh, this morning. It's been very informative, uh, Sister, and thank you very much indeed for coming out. Have you any last word now you want us to remember before we go about V-Days, maybe? Maybe the idea would be that it's 
it's non-threatening to these young people, these people? Yes, and the only requirement really is that they would want to make a difference and be transformational. Yes. That they would have the desire to work with young people, Mm. they would be open to cultural differences, and that they would have good physical and mental health and have a strong sense of God in their lives too. That's beautiful. Thank, thank you for having me. You're welcome, and thank you very much, Dave, for coming out. I'm not too sure about notices this week. I know there's one. Well, I suppose, John, I suppose one we'd like to do this week is to give another plug uh, to the Diocese of Limerick, mm-hmm. Prayers of Our People, the prayer book that was launched, as we spoke about on last week's show, and Noreen, was on, Noreen Lynch was on from the Pastoral Centre a couple of weeks ago. It was launched on the 14th of October, and it is a collection of prayers chosen by the parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, neighbours and friends of the young people of our diocese. It's a beautiful prayer book. It's an A4 size. It would be an, as we said last week, it's an excellent resource for teachers. Uh, it would make a lovely Christmas it's present. It's a beautiful Christmas present. It is available from the Diocesan Pastoral Centre. It's six euros for one and I think the more you buy the bigger discount they give you. <laughs> and Noreen's going to kill me for that one. Uh, the centre is contactable on 061 uh, 400 and that is the, the it's a beautiful book and we'd highly recommend it okay and then just one more notice just as it comes to mind uh, again on the 7th of November which is next week next Sunday at 12 o'clock in St. John's Cathedral Sister Margaret Sullivan actually on this programme um, invited us all to join them the the sisters of um, St. Joseph Joseph. yep uh, to help them uh, celebrate uh, here in Ireland uh, the canonization of Mary McKellop of the cross. I'm yes, looking forward our, to that. One of our newest saints on the block, as she described it. <laughs> and of course, John, today is the 31st of October, so I suppose we could wish our listeners a happy Halloween. Because, uh-huh. of course, it is Halloween today. And of course, as people know, Halloween comes from All Hallows' Eve, because, of course, tomorrow is All Saints. And I suppose, uh, to our listeners out there, uh, be safe tonight. Be careful if you have dogs and you're using bangers. Uh, we'd ask people, of course, to be very conscious of, particularly their elderly neighbours, if they're celebrating. And of course, if kids are going out trick-or-treating they travel safe travel well and hopefully with an adult very good advice from our very wise very wise Shane over there in the corner I'd be lucky to have this guy with us (laughs) that's about all we have time for now this week um we really don't have any any time even to go through my famous EWTN or so on and so forth but we will get back to it next week uh, again, thanks definitely now for coming out and joining yes, thank us. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. You're very kind, uh, Shane. We'll put all that stuff up on the blog. And uh, just to remind people again, there's currently 23, 23, 24 countries, uh, mm-hmm. people from those. It's, actually, it's amazing, actually. We have Colombia, Iraq, uh, Australia. We've big hits from Australia. Mary McKellop's very popular. <laughs> big time. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's from all, it's amazing. At this stage, we have every continent bar Antarctica. Here's <laughs> <Yeah>. hoping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, and I just noticed that even Denmark, you know, Denmark only come on the scene there, you know, just at the beginning of the week, mm-hmm. and already they're up to 21. Yeah, we've, so we've somebody obviously likes something within it. Yeah, definitely. And it's amazing because if we, can, we, can, we can follow, of course, the translations that people do. It's amazing when you see the blog in another language. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the only good news about the blog is in regard to the podcast that they, they can only be a number of weeks away now at the moment. But we are making some progress in terms of getting permission of certain artists to be able to include the music on the podcast so we hope to complete that in the near future Mm -hmm. 
So listen, thank you very much again for uh, Lorraine and um, Shane for joining me this morning. Thank you all for allowing us to spend this sacred space with you. My name is John Keeley. Uh, hopefully we'll see you again next week, please God. And we'll go out with a piece of music that, Shane, you picked yourself from you, you 2000? It's the World Youth Day in 2000 in Rome, John, and it's it's an interesting piece to air. It's a piece that links in with mission because it's called I Am Called. And, of course, it's you know a call to all of us as it is the month of the missions. Beautiful. So until next week, God bless now. Bye-bye.
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.